0: Have you forgotten how it felt that day to see your homeland undefined
1: and her people blown away? Have you forgotten? Hey, welcome to the 9-11 Remembered Let's Roll podcast tour. Uh, my name is Eric Robertson. I'm the CEO and founder of the podcast and a larger exhibition, which is a 1,400-city tour with a replica museum of the 9 Museum and uh, monument in New York City. Very happy to have a new friend and a guest here, Dan Cook. Yes, thank you for having me. So we met on 4th of July. No, actually we didn't meet on 4th of July, but I've I've met a lot of people that know you and have been bringing your name up to me. and. You're going to be part of a podcast that's new to us today because we're actually going to go down the road of politics, and that's something a little bit new for us, but um, we're going to be talking about some issues, and we're going to be talking about your actual rise in politics, and we talked a little bit about this on the phone last night, so I just want you to kind of start out
0: a little bit
1: and tell me about how you began your involvement and what you do, which is the Patriot Project out
0: of Naples, Florida. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity to be here. The politics has been kind of ingrained in my blood for as long as I can remember. My ancestry actually dates back to the Mayflower Compact, and I remember growing up in high school, my parents and grandparents would always talk politics at the dinner table. I hear my grandparents listen to Rush Limbaugh whenever I go on family vacations. I distinctly remember driving in the Florida Keys with my grandparents and always hearing Russian on the the radio. Yeah. So I got... An icon from Florida. Absolutely. So I I got brought up, you know, listening to the conservative ideas that that he was speaking Mm -hmm. about. And, uh, actually, I actually got involved in the Ralph Nader campaign in the year 2000. I was a senior in high school and he was like the outsider voice away from the two parties. And so I was drawn to that. And, um, read a couple books uh, on politics, and I learned about his campaign and the struggles that he had to get onto the ballots, and it intrigued me incredibly, and so that that drew me to politics uh, way, way back then. Oh, So, the other night when we
1: talked, you said that there were some things going on in your recent life, starting back around 2020, late 2019, that... I don't want to say triggered, that that word is used a lot in a bad way, but it it propelled you into a new phase of your life in local politics. But politics, it actually reflects two things nationally across the nation. Even though that you're dealing with those things here, these are things that are happening across the United States. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So about two years ago, I was in a point in my life where I was a full-time single father and I had put politics and fighting for freedom on the back burner but so much of my time was spent on working full-time and providing for my family and uh, i just didn't have time to get involved in politics and we all know what happens when we when we ignore you know what's going on yeah. in, in our world and so i got to a point where after after covid happened and the local government shut down the beaches and put us up you know closed down quote non-essential businesses i you know i being a student of history and understanding the maybe the nature of our government, I knew where all of this was headed. It was headed towards totalitarianism and possibly, you know, more lockdowns and martial law and more knows? big more, government. More big government, correct? Right. So, so I knew that was on the horizon, and I was I had a choice to make. Do I want to head up to the mountains and just? you know, bunker down and hide out and wait for the you know stuff yeah. to hold, roll down the hill. And the Proverbial prepper lifestyle. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I actually had myself all packed up. I lined up plans to, to you know, head up north and just bunker down and, and ride this thing out. And that's actually where my friend Deja Inahosa came into the story. We had already been friends for about a year, but she, she I remember a specific phone call. She called me up. And said, "Dan, you're not going to believe this, but the Holy Spirit just told me to call you, and and tell you that we have to get involved in in what, what's going on here. We were working. We were both working as legal assistants for a law firm here in town. That's where I met Deja, mm-hmm. and so after after this phone call, I realized that, you know, I can't just run away from my problems. You know, I can't just run away from this tyranny that we're facing." So I made the decision during that phone call with Asia that, you know what, I'm going to stay in Naples. I'm going to get involved in the fight, get involved in local government, get involved in teaching people that, you know, we don't have to put up with this. We have rights. Our rights come from God, not the government. So the only way that the government takes our rights is if we let them. And that's, that's kind of an atypical definition
1: or version of what people would think that a conservative would actually be doing because you kind of see this grassroots thing going on with the left and liberalism in huge ways across the united states but Mm -hmm. you don't really see it sort of popping up the way you are doing it as a conservative and a person who values the constitution values your freedoms and sees big government and the expanse of big government and where it's heading and and the horrible things that are already happening because of, of COVID. And, and we were just speaking prior to starting the podcast that 9 11 was this international event that triggered a lot of things that changed the world. It changed government in the United States and the power of government to do things since 9 11. So it's very parallel to what's going on right now because we now have this international pandemic going on that has spurned some horrific political results that are not sitting well
0: with a lot of America right now. Yeah, 100 percent. Government never lets a crisis go to waste yeah. and whether these crises are planned or whether they just have some of these bills like the Patriot Act or uh, these big bailouts or these COVID lockdown you know laws, mm-hmm. whether they have these you know laws waiting on the shelves or not. Government never lets an opportunity go to waste, and, yeah. and we totally see. We, you know, we see that now with the lockdowns and the mask mandates, and now the vaccine passports. And we saw that after nine eleven with the Patriot Act and the police state and the federal government, you know, gaining more control yeah. over, over. Are the they really states.
1: for the people, or are they for the power of politicians to, you know, get a little a little more slice of control over over the population so that they can? further advance their political will and their political
0: ambitions. I mean, that's what a lot of America feels right now. Yeah, I think most people that I've, maybe most politicians that I've seen run for office, run for president, they always talk about what I'm going to do for you. What what am I going to do through the government for you? Very few people run for office talking about what I'm not going to do. And going back to what uh, brought me into politics in 2008, I joined the Ron Paul for president campaign and he really spoke to me, you know, spoke to a lot of Americans about, you know, he he spoke about the proper role of government. One of his phrases when he ran for president was, I'm running for president for what I'm not going to do because I will only do what the constitution authorizes me to do. And, And that was really inspiring me to see somebody who ran for president
1: and an incredibly rare thing to hear a person in politics saying, you know, trying to garner your vote, trying to garner your support. So he connected with you and and, and that was a huge thing for you.
0: Yeah, it was it was really big. It was really big. I, I, I got my first taste of campaigning with him. He opened my eyes to broader issues like monetary policy and foreign policy and and the the purpose of government and the role that the Constitution is supposed to play. He was he was known on Capitol Hill. He he was formerly a representative. He was known as Doctor No, because they would they would have votes on a certain piece of legislation that would come out four hundred and thirty four to one. He was that one. One guy. Yeah. 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 It's uh it's hard
1: to be a rattlesnake at a prairie dog convention, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, for no, sure. But so, so he he was a huge huge influence on me, and now now his son is in the Senate, as you, I'm sure you know, Rand Paul. Yeah, he's he can very outspoken on a lot of the same things that are going on in yeah. government. Yeah, he's doing a great job exposing the, the hypocrisy and lies from from Dr. Fauci, if you even want to call him a doctor, um, and and getting getting more people like Rand Paul into office, people who have guts who are going to ask the hard questions and not just go along to get along. I think I think that's going to be one of one of our focuses with the Patriot Project is getting behind leaders and getting behind people who aren't afraid to fight. aren't afraid to fight and, and
1: just a little aside about that. Um, I think since the last presidential election, a lot of people feel betrayed by the GOP. They feel betrayed by a system that they thought was there to protect them. And I think that's a a generalized feeling that I encounter with not many people that I come across in the work that I do. But in politics right now, that just seems to be just such a regular deal. The, The never ending disappointment of representatives who you supported who are not even representing you anymore. They're representing fringe interest or fringe things that either benefit them financially or benefit the furtherance of their long, long, long careers in politics. But when it gets down to the roots of protecting the Constitution, protecting people's individual rights, those are things that are really hard to fight for right now without being branded and labeled. A lot of bad things... No, it's a it's a it's a pretty sad state of affairs right now as far as that goes
0: yeah absolutely you you know when when the government fears the people there's liberty but when the people fear the government there's tyranny and clearly right now in our country the people for the most part fear the government and that's why they you know the the government's like a shark they smell blood they smell fear Mm -hmm. and they just keep pressing harder well they have the power and they have the money and a lot of people just don't
1: realize or or want to delve back into history enough that the people the peasant class the the voters you know as they're known now in in, in in the modern world they're the ones that actually wield the most power but they've been so bullied and beaten down that they virtually don't feel like their vote or this power is a real thing
0: that they possess anymore yeah. And after after the election with electronic voting machines that count our votes in secret, it's no wonder why people have you know lost faith in the system or are yeah. beyond frustrated with with what we're seeing. And so it is a challenge to get people to you know let that let that apathy kind of slide away and mm-hmm. and stay engaged, stay into the game. But that's one of the one of the problems that I've tried to solve through this thing I started called the Part Time Patriot Project, and you know, I, I know that politics is dirty. I know that it's not fun, and especially for those who are disaffected by the whole system, I get that. But if we if we don't do anything, then the the tyrants aren't going to stop. Yeah, you know, it's no, tantamount to just giving up. Right, right. No, they're they're not ever going to say, "Oh, you know what? Yeah, you're you're right. We violated the constitution. Here's your rights back." No, give We're, them an inch, they'll take. A mile yes and they're they're running with the tape right now oh, yeah. they've, they've got they've got multiple miles so i think right now our country we're we're obviously on on the defensive right now they are, they've been incrementally taking our rights away yep. for at least a 100 years Yeah, they've been taking a big slice
1: off of america's ass every single year for a long long time and I just watched a video the other day of of one of Trump's lawyers that had played a montage of liberal and democratic politicians protesting elections and things associated with elections, and it went on and on and on and on. But after this past election, if a conservative, in any way, shape, or form, at any level of government, all the way down to the common man or woman, were to verbally protest what they thought was obviously what did not seem like a fair election. A lot of things that had never happened in elections before. What did the conservatives become? They became Nazis. They became racists. They became un-American. People that hated America. People that were trying to suppress every other race in America when all of that stuff is just fear-mongering and lies used To make people believe that they don't have a right to stand up for their rights and it's a a pretty sad state of affairs but the work that you do with the Part-Time Patriot Project is a grassroots movement that is out there to show other people that you can fight back, you can make a change locally that would translate into national level types of changes so do you think that your work is actually making an effect
0: right now? 100%. 100%. I, I know that we're making an impact uh, both both politically, but then also in the minds of our community. The, the, through the Patriot Project and through working with other local leaders like Alfie Oaks and Deja Inahosa mm-hmm. and Jim Boatman, when we do things where we, we make a stand, publicly make a stand, Put our money where our mouth is, you know, put our business on the line, put our reputation on the line to stand for truth and to come out against the left, come out against the COVID narrative, come out against big government. And when, when we do that boldly, without fear, without worry about what the left might do to us, what, you know, any any local government agents might do to us, what you know, the naysayers or the haters might say about us. When, when the community sees us taking action, taking bold action, and standing up to the bullies in government, that that has a ripple effect. You know, if if I could get up to the county commissioners and tell them to their face, we are not we're, we're not putting up with politicians violating your oath of office anymore. You guys are on notice that the people are awake and we're watching you, and we're going to kick you out of office if you don't start straightening up. Uh, and when another citizen sees that, I, I hope and I believe that it is inspiring to others to do the same. Well, it is. It seems like there's a lot of people right now that are sort
1: of teetering on the edge of not knowing what they can do. But when they hear about the type of work that you do and that Deja does and the other people in your circle, it pushes them in the right direction. It, it lets them actually establish roots of them getting more involved in things, supporting causes like yours, and getting involved even hopefully more on a national level because really that's where all politics end up anyways is on a national level, and what happens on a national level trickles down to your local government. So you always have to be looking at the bigger picture in politics, Mm -hmm. even though you might be fighting at a local level for the things that you believe in it translates always into a bigger picture and that's very very important to remind people of when it comes to the types of things that you're doing it's not just for your community but it's for your country
0: yeah it's absolutely for the for the country and it's it the the i guess relationship between local government and state government and federal government's really interesting you know the the a lot of politicians, a lot of people believe that the top-down government that we currently have is how it's supposed to operate. But I think that the, you know, the federal government, their, their blueprint is the Constitution, right? The Constitution lays out specifically what the federal government is allowed to do. The 10th Amendment, uh, of the, or Article 10 of the Bill of Rights, the 10th Amendment says anything not specifically delegated to the federal government is reserved to the states, and to the people. And so right now you see the case where our federal government is entirely out of control. They have so many uh, different agencies that are unconstitutional, so many different executive orders and actions that are unconstitutional. And so when we have national issues, let's, let's just use what Biden's press secretary has been talking about lately with going door to door to check and see if people have gotten their vaccines yet, that's an obvious abuse of, of their authority and their power.
1: And something like that actually is stripping another right that Americans had, which is HIPAA, for instance. Mm -hmm. Your personal medical history and and anything associated to your medical history is protected by law. But you're already hearing the federal government talking about going door to door and forcing you to reveal or not reveal or whatever they're going to do. Things that protected you yesterday, but now you just hear them talking about it openly, as if, yeah, we're going to do it. What are you going to do about it?
0: Well, you're doing something about it, right? Yes. And so this is what we do about it: is we we know the we we know what Congress and the federal government is supposed to do, mm-hmm. and then by knowing what's in the Constitution and what the blueprint for them is, then we know when they're violating it, and by knowing the 10th amendment knowing that the the state governments uh have authority under the 10th amendment to resist the federal government in a situation like this we have to embolden our local leaders our sheriffs our county commissioners and our governors to put you know put their foot in the stand and put a stop to it and hopefully i know governor DeSantis of florida will will do just that well so far he seems like a pretty
1: stand-up guy um you know he he's a uh He's a rare type of politician these days who
0: doesn't seem to be
1: afraid of, of the liberal juggernaut that's out there basically branding everybody who disagrees with them as you know these horrific comparative examples of of mass murders and mass racists and all these other things that go on. It, it's just really sad you know in, in one in one election cycle, you know you, went to bed feeling that you were a patriotic American and you woke up the next day and somehow you were wearing a swath sticker, armband, you were a Nazi. The flag you once loved no longer is a flag you should love. It somehow represents oppression and Mm -hmm. systematic generational racism, all these other things. And the true stories of America and American history are that America never was any of those things. America is what made the world free. America is the example that the rest of the world uses to build the foundations of freedoms within their countries and growing, burgeoning new countries and and third world countries and, and new political movements. They're all based off of the American constitution and the concept of not being under some sort of rule or monarchy or power that leaves you powerless when it comes to your everyday life yeah pretty much
0: every state constitution starts out with all sovereignty rests with the people yeah. and that's what we're talking about here America is and you know, began as such a special country because we had a written contract with the, with the federal government about what it can and cannot do yeah this was what you know. One of the first experiments of having a government by consent of the people, and it's not to be confused
1: with the movement that you see out there, like these sovereign citizens that go around saying that, um, you know, they have they have their own separate government and they're allowed to go around the United States, like that, like the the black sovereign group that was arrested in Massachusetts just a week ago. Mm-hmm. They claim that they actually own Rhode Island. That's their state. And they don't have to obey any laws, gun laws, driving laws, anything like that. That's not what your movement's about, is it?
0: No, no. When when I use the term sovereignty, I'm referring specifically to Article 1, Section 1 in the Florida Constitution that says all sovereignty rests with the people, meaning that the, the power is with the people. Exactly. The people. And and, yeah. and and all people, yeah. all all, all of the people within yeah. the state, not just every you know, race, not just the every race, color, not the every nationality. Connected. Exactly, it's for everybody. Yes, and so so all citizens have um, you know the same rights under our constitution, and I think that's one thing that that the left either willfully uh, ignores because they're actually uh, Marxists trying to divide and conquer our country and take over, yeah. or the useful, or maybe the the people who are maybe ignorant of the purpose and the effectiveness of our constitution fail to realize that the bill of rights, those are rights that all of us have. Whether you support Trump, whether you hate Trump, whether you are a Democrat or a Republican or NPA, we all have the rights uh, given to us by our creator, not by government. And so I think shedding a light and a teaching the import, teaching, specifically what's in the the Bill of Rights, and that it's applicable to all people. You know, we're we're so divided right now, and I wonder sometimes, you know, what's what's going to bring us together? Are we going to be completely divided as a country until, you know? And, 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 now, I, I don't know where it's going to well, go. Well, so I, I did another podcast this afternoon
1: with a, a gentleman who worked at Ground Zero as well, and one of the things that we talked about was an effect that we all experienced at Ground Zero in 2001 on the on the heels of this horrific, horrific terrorist attack on the United States and the 9-11 community. We, we call it the 9-12 effect or the 9-12 phenomenon, mm-hmm. and it... And My podcast guest basically said, look, you could have been there as a rescue worker that day at Ground Zero. You could have been standing next to the guy that you wanted to kill yesterday. And somehow every bad thing that experienced in your life before 9-11 was gone. That person standing next to you was all of a sudden your brother who would give you the shirt off their back. There was no politics. There was no hatred there was none of the things that we see going on right now that existed and it was because America was absolutely united beyond belief there was no politics or anything and it was one of the most incredible experiences that I've ever had in my life seeing the outpouring of support and love and care and all of these things that weren't really there just before and as soon as politics got involved with that horrific event in our lives, so went that feeling, so went that, that deal. And how do we bring that back? How do you bring that back to America? That's the big question. We have a building collapse down in Surfside here in Florida, and we saw a very similar sort of thing happening where we have rescue teams coming from around the world. We have people working 24-7, night and day, and the camaraderie the togetherness the things the outpouring of support coming from around the world and the nation is just a spark again of what we were just talking about as far as that
0: feeling yeah so how how do we get that back in america right now where is that going to come from i think the focus but when when we bring the focus and the conversation the narrative back to what's important you know when we were attacked on 9-11, we, we had a better idea of what's important. You know, It's not the squabbles that we had yesterday or the disagreements that we may have had yesterday or the politics of yesterday. What's important is our country, our creator, our family. Our religions, our, our faiths. Yes. That all of these things are being
1: held over our heads as if those, those things are bad
0: things now. How could that be? How did that happen? I think that happened from the mainstream media having such an influence over our society and, and not just the mainstream media itself, you know, peddling lies and being fake news, but, well, well, politicians, but but I think like the, the lack of competition within the mm-hmm. news, now, how is it, it's 2021 and we only have like three or four options on, yeah. on cable for, for news outlets. Yeah, I know. I, I think, I think the, the people somehow getting more of uh, a voice on TV and through the media is, is one way that we maybe like poke a hole through through the narratives that the other side uses against us, so that we can start to reframe the conversation that that you know people, our families are having at the dinner table, or the conversations that communities are having away from oh, everything is racist, and if you support Trump, I'm just going to be totally closed off to anything you say. You know, what what happened to being able to have a disagreement and have a conversation and, you know,
1: not... It, it's, cra- it's crazy the things that will um, divide even down to the family level. You know, we have people saying that, they won't ever talk to relatives because some of them are vaccinated and some are not vaccinated. But the the opportunity to even get your point or your viewpoint across about maybe why you didn't take the vaccine or why you haven't had COVID all this time already. Or, you know, what's happening with vaccines and, and the stories behind all of the bad things that you're hearing, the, the results of vaccines. It's stuff like that where there used to be normal conversations that you could have at the dinner table, but now it's, it's it's a different story when it comes to that type of deal. I had a very, very good friend of mine for many, many years. Despite the fact that we grew up in, this, in the same neighborhoods, we went to the same schools, my entire community was considered conservative. In his adult life, he actually was really going down the road of this sort of unrealistic liberal thought processes where things that he would say didn't make sense to me and one of those examples was post 9-11 where um, he said that he just didn't believe that we should try to use any means possible to extract information if we had had got terrorists and he was specifically talking about waterboarding which was a very controversial thing associated with Mm 9-11 but the example I gave to him was look So say your mother had been kidnapped on vacation overseas and she was being held by terrorists. Would you want the United States to waterboard the guy that could have your mother rescued and safe in five minutes or knowing that your mother was going to be beheaded in 60 minutes because they were proclaiming this on TV and they were going to do it. Would you be in favor of that terrorist being waterboarded? And he said no. I said, so you would actually be in favor of your mother dying at the hands of a terrorist then, you know, having a tool available to thwart terrorism, do stuff. I mean, that's, that to me was shocking. That was, it was really shocking for me to do that. And unfortunately, that was the last conversation I ever had with a, a lifelong childhood friend of mine. And he doesn't ever want to talk to me again because of, of, of a thing like that. And that used to be a discussion that you could just have that wouldn't end up in a result like that. And that's virtually the result of all political talk now. You're either the devil or you're somebody's version of of a god in their political world or something. You know, the the Michael Avenatti's that were being called prophets and and godlike and stuff on TV. Where's he now? He's sitting in prison. You know, I mean, so... What's it going to take beyond your project, the work that you do on a national level? If, you were, if, if the world was listening to you right now, America, what is the most important message that you can give to them about what you do
0: and the importance of what you do? I think it kind of comes back to who are you going to serve? Are, are you going to serve the big brother, big government right now? That is telling you what you can and can't do. That's telling you whether you're, you know, important enough. Or, or I can't remember the term from COVID lockdowns, but essential. Uh, are you non-essential or are you essential business? Are you going to let the government tell you how to live your life and tell you what rights you do or you don't have, or are you going to serve your creator, and serve God, and serve? Uh, your community. Really. I, I look at as my, my relationship with God changed quite a bit in 2020. You know, every, everybody's life changed quite a bit in 2020. And, you know, I was one of those people who, you know, I put politics on the back burner. I wasn't paying attention to, you know, who was, you know, my mayor or my sheriff, or, you know, I, I, I was guilty
1: about. A, a lot of us became complacent just thinking
0: that somebody else is going to do the job. Right. So, so if, we, if we want to improve our standard of living as a culture, if we want to defend our constitution and defend uh, our freedoms in this country, it's going to take a mindset change. It's going to to take the, the willingness to have uncomfortable conversations. I, th- I think it's going to take people not getting offended if somebody else has a differing opinion. Triggered. Yeah, don't get triggered if I, you know, say something about Donald Trump, and and for me, I won't get triggered if you say something about Joe Biden or the what you perceive as, as the role of government. Sure. We've got to be able to get back to having a conversation about yeah. the role of government. Hear a person out, have an, have an
1: actual conversation, yeah. exchange
0: ideas, find a middle ground. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's one thing that I don't think we. Get on the national level, and I'm referring specifically to the debates between presidents. Sure. You know, we we get this you know, scripted 60 to 90 minute quote unquote debate, you know, three times before an election. I don't think that you know we're we're not hitting our our full potential of vetting candidates and vetting out ideas and having this you know more more of a longer but in depth discussion about what's important to us as Americans. What can we what brings us together? What can we focus on to improve everyone's standard of living? How, you know, can we identify the problems that are in this country that we could actually solve? Or, our, or or when we don't have those in-depth conversations, when we do just follow along and go along to get along, when we do allow the politicians to, to take power and to take our rights, that's when we end up with the, the situation that we're in today with. Everything being so polarized and seemingly nothing positive getting done by the government, we have to sleep in the bed that we've made as as a culture. Both both left side and right side of the political aisle, uh, our country's uh, a mess right now. We've been, you know, our systems have been infiltrated by those who seek power and who seek to yeah. control our lives. A lot of power hungry uh, people out there right now. Yes, and and you, and you see that at the national level. With, you know, with with Biden thinking that he has the authority to send people door to door to yeah. check check on our vaccine, yeah. The race hoaxing going
1: on, the looting, the pillaging, the massive increase in crime—all of these things are a result of an unbalanced power within our government and with people that have the power to just let these things continue to happen, and and they're going unchecked. And I think the work that you do is one of these checks of the system that is very important and I think it's a huge thing that you're doing Thank you. and it's inspirational to be able to speak with you about it, to talk with you about it, to understand your journey, to understand your vision and how it relates to unity and community and the constitution and the, the real true things that have always been there for us but are, are somehow hidden from you right now and it's it's super important what you're doing so tell me and tell everybody that's going to be listening to this podcast tell us how they
0: get in touch with you tell us what they can do to help you the best way to get in touch with me is to go to our website part info. and on the website is the, the way that i communicate with collier county florida for the most part we're mostly focused on getting involved in local government at our county commissioner's office the city council and the school board but if people want to join our newsletter there's a tab on the website where you could sign up for that and get a monthly update on what we're doing but just frequent the website we like to uh, change it up probably at least on a weekly basis to, uh, let you know what fights we're, we're taking on here in Collier County. And, and people can contact you and duplicate what you're doing in their own towns. Yes, ab- absolutely. And that is that is what we, one of the visions that we have for the Patriot Project is to expand it statewide and then expand it nationwide. I am available to do Zoom interviews. I have had several interviews over the past month talking to other Locations who are having struggles with their school board. What I've been able to do is share our successes in Collar County in making masks optional in public schools. Proof that it can be done. It absolutely can be done. And the same way that the deep state has incrementally taken our rights away, I flipped it around and we incrementally got our rights back. In about a six-month process, we fought the school board and made masks optional. So it is possible. Yeah and okay. so if, if people if people want to you know hear hear my story and hear Collier county story and get me you know contact me to be on a podcast with them or a zoom call or something like that i'm more than welcome or more than willing to you know do do more podcasts and interviews and try to help us share the blueprint that we've created in Collier county elsewhere so people can contact me through the website excellent i i think when you separate the
1: melodrama from the facts you simply just have the facts left and facts are the truth and facts are things that work and you seem to have zeroed in on this and you found a successful way to do it so congratulations to you congratulations to data everybody that's supporting you and helping you i would wish you the best i know we're going to be friends for a long time because i support what you do i support the work that you do. and i think it's it's hugely important and so God bless you, God bless all of your, your friends, your family, and everybody around you. I know they're there, they have your back, we have your back. Thank you for being part of the podcast, um, and this podcast again, because there's a lot of topics that we talked about that we can't get into this, this podcast, but I think we should, I think it's important, and we have a platform that supports the type of things that you do, because we believe, we believe in being free. And we believe in, in standing up for, for rights and protecting our country because I've been involved with things that are horrible, that were the result of, of politicians and people that were in power that were supposed to be there for us, and they let us down. And I know you're not going to let that happen on your watch. So yeah. thank you very much for doing this today. It's an honor to have you here. Oh, Thank you for, thank you for having me. It's an honor being here. Thank okay, you. awesome.